Hi guys, it's Lindsay, host of Dear Founder, and in case you missed it, I made a huge announcement this week. You've been telling me for months how hard it is to wrap your head around marketing your business, and a few weeks ago, 89% of you told me in a survey that you needed help. Between finding time, being consistent, and simply feeling burnt out, it's nearly impossible. And I want to change that, because it honestly doesn't have to be. Yesterday, the doors opened to my brand new community and group mentorship, Marketing Made Simple for Small Business. You don't need a million followers or a million dollar budget to grow your brand. You do need the right tools, a process, step-by-step guidance, and a little bit of support along the way. Marketing Made Simple for Small Business is my new online community and group mentorship. Consider it an extension of your company, your very own marketing department at your fingertips while you're working each day. When you join, you'll have access to three monthly live group strategy calls with me where I'll answer your questions, we'll workshop, we'll get to the bottom of all of your marketing issues. You'll also have the ability to ask me your marketing questions within our online community, access to ebooks and guides with step-by-step instructions, and of course, a community of women business owners to collaborate with, bounce ideas off of, and to support you. And in 2024, I'll be bringing in guest speakers and I'll introduce a whole host of additional resources. The doors are open and founding members will be grandfathered in to the lowest pricing ever offered. Plus, when you join either the annual or lifetime membership, you get a big bonus, hour-long one-on-one strategy sessions with me. The link is in my show notes or you can simply go to www.lindsaypinchuk.com forward slash marketing made simple. Get excited. I am. I can't wait to work with you to help make your marketing simple and build and grow your brand. Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. On today's episode, we are talking to someone that I've not only known, but I've worked with and have had the pleasure of watching grow her business for 13 years. Melissa Clayton is the founder of Tiny Tags, and she's here to share her amazing story of starting her business out of her basement and growing it to what it is today, complete with a partnership at Target. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her. I am so excited about today's guest, as you just heard, because I've known her for a very long time. I've watched her business grow and flourish to utter amazement, and I am so proud of her for everything that she's accomplished. And recently we reconnected through LinkedIn and I'm just so excited to have her here and to be able to share her story with all of you, as well as just bring someone from my past life into the mix at Dear Founder. It's always so much fun. So Melissa Clayton, founder and CEO of Tiny Tags, welcome to Dear Founder. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Excited to be chatting today. Of course. 
So I'd love for you to share with everyone the story of Tiny Tags and how it got started and where it came from. Sure. I'll try to give you the shortened version a little bit. Um, I started years ago. I had my first son. I was pregnant with my second and um, we were living out in California and wanted to wear, I'd seen some moms wearing like hand stamp jewelry with their kids' names on it. And I said, I'm going to try to figure that out. And Went online, um, this is literally 17 years ago, so went online, which was not what it is today, to try to find, like, how do I do it? Um, bought a hand stamp set, and I love sharing the story because I think there's a lot of lessons here. And I bought it, tried it, and I gave up, threw it all in a closet. Fast forward, six months later, took a plane ride, sat next to a woman, we started chatting. And truth be told, I didn't think when I sat next to her that we were going to be like, you know, become besties on this three-hour plane ride, but we did. And she was in jewelry design school. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm trying to make a hand stamp necklace. I can't figure it out. She gave me her business card. She worked at a jewelry supply store in San Francisco. Uh, went there when I returned and literally went in and they set me up with everything I need to make hand stamp jewelry. So absolutely would not have started the business um, or we never would have gotten off the ground if I didn't have that conversation, 100%. Um, anyway, so I hand stamped for many years when my kids were little. I had my third son, did it nights, weekends, and you know everything was done through email, phones. We then moved back to the East Coast and the boys were now all in school and I really knew I was ready to take the next step. And luckily for me, Rhode Island has a huge history of jewelry making and I knew my skill set was not making jewelry. So we outsourced, completely changed the entire collection and went from sort of that mom in the basement look to fine jewelry. And that was when things really started to click. And then my husband joined um, eight years ago, and that was a pivotal, pivotal moment for us. As, as you would imagine, um, I was fortunate enough to have him. He was putting food on the table, health insurance. So that was a huge risk. Um, but, you know, thank, really thankful that we did that. Um, grew very kind of organically for many years. And um, I think some of the things that for me were pivotal was I'm a huge believer of listening to or reading books, business books. Um, I listened to Brand Warfare at the time, and I'm sure many business owners can relate to this. Everybody was telling me what I should be doing. And I listened to the book Brand Warfare, and I really knew then that I really wanted to focus on moms. And that was what I cared about and literally went home and deleted everything off the website that did not have to do with moms. And it made running the business so much easier because we had this one singular audience that we were talking to. Um, so yeah, so then really over the last, you know, seven years have, um, you know, a lot of great stuff has happened. You know, we're still self-funded. We don't have outside investors, which is very much by my choice. Um, so it's still run very much, you know, like a bootstrap business. I love your story for so many reasons. And I was, as you could see, I was just taking like a million different notes down here, but you started this in your basement. What is your team like now? Now we're a team of nine, which includes my husband and myself, but that does not include all the manufacturing. So we actually sit inside our manufacturer's building in Rhode Island. I am not physically there. I have two um, team members that are there. I am like an hour and 15 minutes away up in Massachusetts, but go there and you know we meet as a team regularly. So our team is nine plus all our two manufacturing partners. So... When you first started, you you talked about how you did this in your basement and then how you 
took it kind of to the next level. But how yeah. did you get customers? I mean, this was, can you tell us what, what year this was? Because this was a long time ago. Yeah. I first, the first necklace I made, my son is 17 now. So it was 17 years ago. So, I mean, I remember that first year, probably like three years in, we did like 50,000 in revenue and it was all word of mouth. Um, I am still a huge believer of word of mouth and legit customer service. Um, I'm really proud of our customer service. I DM, I call customers. I have sent customers books. Like I feel like I have a very intimate relationship with our customers. Um, and we get back to people, even if it's not necessarily they want to hear, um, you know, that something's out of stock or something, but we are just always, always, um, having five-star customer service. It's a, it's our internal team. We don't outsource it. So I think word of mouth for us is a huge, I mean, even last year we only spent, I mean, a fraction on paid media compared to what most companies do in the D2C space. Don't you find it interesting that those of us who started businesses before social media was even a thing and had to rely on the basics of marketing, like word of mouth, don't yep. you find it interesting how important we all feel that still is even in today's age with all these other tools? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I, that's your best. Um, I mean, especially with moms, you know, we send a mom a necklace and then her sister sees it, her mother, her grandmother, her aunt. Uh, we know that there is this, you know, cause I love when I talk to customers, like my first question is, how'd you hear about us? And they, and it's because someone told them, right? Or they so much. Yeah. It. So much. Um, and then, I mean, I can't discount what we have still done now with social media has actually amplified, but we're still really, um, kind of like organic in social media, you know, we, we are not paying the top influencers, you know, gazillion dollars to post about us. Luckily we have a really intimate, emotionally connected product that we are able to work with a lot of influencers by just gifting them product. Um, and we just love sharing the product is what it comes down to. I mean, I, I've gone up to dads at restaurants holding this gorgeous new newborn. And I'm like, I am not just trying to sell you something, but your wife would melt if you surprised her on her first mother's day with a necklace with her child's name and the birth time and the birthday on the back. Like I love the product so much that I think that love of it just comes out when I talk to people. So you, you know, obviously you had everything kind of working and, and you were a well-oiled machine by the time social media really became a thing. But how was it that, I mean, to a yeah, degree, right? I, never, I mean, but the I, same I, yeah. thing with Bump Club, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I was just telling someone the other day, I was like, well, you know, at Bump Club, like there, there were no Facebook business pages, even when right. I started, like, you know, I was like, I shared content on this thing called a blog. Like it was right. a very different, you know, place. So you had the kind of basics of marketing and guerrilla marketing really honed in on. You were honed in on that. But what what was it that you started doing on social media and how did social media really help you <laughs> take it to the next level, even if it was unpaid? Because that yep. too, I think in this space, in the mom space, you don't need to pay a ton of money for advertising to reach moms. You just don't. But I think it's important for people to understand both in the mom space and out of the mom space that you can leverage the tools at your fingertips yep. in a really smart way to create a viable business. Yep. When I think of the things that sort of like had um, noticeable difference in our business, one was 
social media and being able to directly reach out to editors. We were in People Magazine's Mother's Day gift guide in the magazine, a huge, huge picture. Um, and that happened. And I did not even know it was going to happen because I reached out to the editor through DMs and sent her a product. And a lot of the editors back then, I mean, so, you know, probably what, seven years ago, they were not, you know, I think there's a lot of editors now that are almost like influencers type. They, they, back then, you know, seven, eight years ago, they were still sort of older women um, that were not out there trying to make their social media um, like a platform. So they only had a thousand followers. So they would actually see your DM. Um, so that was pivotal. And then I think really tapping into our community and sharing their stories. Um, usually when I talk about tiny tags, I cry. Um, I was, I was having to talk with a a tech company two days ago about rechanging our homepage. And I cried three times because, and I hate the word authentic because we don't have to try to be authentic. We are actually just being who we are. Um, and a lot of it is my, my heart and my DNA, of believing that children are this incredible gift that we all know and feel, um, but also the power of community and wanting to share our stories. So we inspire and help one another. Like I just believe that as, as a human being and that has filtered into our product line, into who we hire as our team, how we talk to our customers. Like we never say words like you deserve or, um, you know, I never want a mom to come to our page and feel like she needs a necklace to feel as a good mom. I want, if anything, her to know that everything is within her um, and not outside of her. It is not on a shelf. It is not in a blog post. It is within her. So all of that, you know, things that I really feel have trickled into Tiny Tag. So sharing our customers' stories, they are the most powerful stories, um, you know, to me, that brings the brand alive. So um, that was pivotal for us. Um, and good old fashioned hustle, which we talked about, you know, when Meryl Streep wore tiny tags, that was, that was no stylist. It was not a PR firm. It was, she was here in Massachusetts and I hounded the people that were going to handle her and said, what are you going to give her as a guest speaker? I'm going to make her this gorgeous 14 karat gold necklace. She will, you know, she's four adult children, which most people don't even know. Um, and she literally put it on right away and then wore it for like all these photo shoots. Um, and that happened just good old fashioned hustle. And the same with Selma Blair wearing tiny tags. That was me literally DMing Selma Blair. Nicole Phelps was the first celebrity that ever wore us. And that was just DMing her and DMing her. Um, so I think good old fashioned hustle goes a really long way still. I love that you say that and that you share that because I do think there are so many founders out there and business owners out there that, that don't really believe in that, to be honest. And that, and that think that it comes easy and comes naturally and that you need to hire a fancy PR firm or a placement firm to get those placements. And you and I both know that that's not the case. I mean, we, I mean, at Fun Club, I worked with so many different celebrity moms. And then now at Dear Founder, I've had so many amazing people on this podcast just from reaching out over DM and using my connections. Right. So I think that, um, I'm happy that you said that. And I, and I just kind of want to follow up to that by asking, like, do you feel that that's true today, even today? Like that, that there is something to be said about you or someone high up on your team reaching out to these people without necessarily a firm to do it. 
I think so, because if you're, you know, a small business, you know, every dollar counts. And I think there's something very, I mean, I've had editors, we had a whole article in Inc. Magazine and the editor said to me, the only reason why I replied to your emails, it came from you. She's like, my inbox is flooded with PR firms. Um, and it's, and because again, I feel like it's so in my heart, like when I follow editors and I see their picture of their little ones at Halloween, like I actually do pause and DM them and say, oh my gosh, they're so cute. Or I feel like very vested in those relationships and it's not transactional where PR firms, they don't, they're not doing that. Um, Correct. So I Even think- Even though they should be, right? I mean, yeah. they would probably go get a, a, get a lot further as well if they were doing that. Yeah. So I still think there is a, I mean, I always keep saying to our team, like every purchase, every relationship we have is emotional, whether you're emailing us, like even like I get so many spam emails to like do business with me from like software companies. It is like realizing that every single person is on the other end of that is has their own story, has their own life going on. And when we treat people with that kind of like with that emotional glove, um, you know, editors are emotional, writers are emotional. And when I have worked with the writers that I hope will write about us and I offer to make them a tiny tags and they share that they want to make one for their grandmother. And then I ask about their grandmother and they tell me their story or their grandmother. And then I'm able to say, this would be really beautiful. Like if the grandpa just passed away to put his initials on the back of the tiny tags. Um, and I think that sort of real connection is really hard with the PR firm. So I, I agree. So in the top of this conversation, you talked about niching down to reach just moms and to, and you got rid of everything on your website that wasn't necessarily mom related and you really honed in on the mom demographic. Now I'd love for you to talk a little bit about one, what that did for your business. We, you touched upon it a little bit yep. at the top and then, and then I'm going to, I have a follow-up question about that. It made running the business so much easier because I was trying to make a keychain for dads. I was trying to get assets for that. I, so what does that hero image look like on your website? Um, I was trying to do something for graduates. I was buying these cheesy stock photos from stock.com or something. And it was a whirlwind. I remember going to a bridal expo and my head was spinning because all the assets you know, didn't change over. So they really didn't speak to brides. So it just made running the business easier to be quite frank. I was and in brand warfare, that book, he talks a lot about like to build a brand is saying no a lot more than you're saying yes. And it's really hard because Father's Day, I have a community of moms. Father's Day is billions of dollars. I'm sure if we came up with a keychain, they would love a keychain or or a bracelet. But we have been really focused on on building a brand. And it also has allowed us to have a really intimate conversation with our community. We are able to tell stories of postpartum depression, stories of, you know, marriages falling apart and the, the mom guilt with that. Um, we're able to talk about adoption and it never feels weird because that is all we talk about. I think if Tiffany sent out an email talking about adoption or postpartum depression, people will be like, what? Um, But it's very expected from us. Um, So I think that has made it feel so much easier. I am, when we go through here, we have an influence that wants to work from us, work with us. I can very easily from how she talks about um, 
you know, there's a whole community of like the five o'clock somewhere, the drinking at, which I personally am not a supporter of. Um, I know that's not a mom that we're going to want to work with. So we know who we are as a brand. Um, and that has made running the business easier from collaborations, from influencers, from assets, photography, everything makes it so much easier. Well, and you just can't be everything to everyone. Absolutely. And in, especially in this crowded marketplace, I've said, I'm okay. People come to our website and say, there's nothing there for me. That's not what I mean. I'm not shopping for that right now, but hopefully when they are going to a baby shower or they need a gift for their grandmother, they will think of tiny tags. So my follow-up question to that is your product line has really evolved over time. I mean, I've even seen it evolve since, you know, I met you, what, like 13 years ago. How have you managed to evolve and stay relevant, but also stay true to your core? We have a filter, at least I do, that all product design has to go through. We, you know, for example, we launched Enamel Hearts a couple months ago. And I was like, why are we doing this? Like, they're cute. Because there's plenty of really, really cute stuff we could do. Um, but like, how is that really um, part of our mission, part of our brand um, versus like lockets are launching? And I am like over the moon because my son just left for college and I am so excited. I have my own now to look at his picture. Um, so it's one, we have an amazing team for our jewelry design. I am not a jewelry designer, shocking. Um, but we have an amazing jewelry designer that really understands our brand. And we always want our jewelry to be about celebrating children, about the connection, the village that supports moms. Because sort of the second half of where I am at Tiny Tags, is really understanding. And part of this has been my own personal journey. Um, you know, I th- probably have shared with you and I've shared with our kids, like my mom struggled to show up. I grew up with my dad and as an adult now, and in a long way, my journey of motherhood, I realized her inability to show up was nothing about me, but all about her. Um, you know, she died from alcoholism and it was her lack of self-love that I think she stayed away because I think she actually thought it was probably best for me. Um, and now as an older mom, really wanting to be that support and start that conversation with a younger generation of moms of what really showing up for yourself looks like, because I think we all agree, you can't show up for your children, your partner, anybody, unless you show up for yourself first. And for me, I like to think that is, you know, it's not about a spa day. It's about really taking the time, unpacking all the crap that you might be bringing into your journey of motherhood and dealing with it earlier because it's going to show up at some point, Um, you know, whether it's a mom that is screaming at her child and hates that most likely probably grew up in a family of screamers. Right. And, and I think it's as much as social media can be damaging, I think for young moms and for all of us, there is wonderful women out there like the Dr. Becky's and Mel Robbins that are talking about really important stuff that I wish I had when my kids were little Um, and giving us tools and resources to be better parents, because I think we all agree we want to be the best parent possible. That's, I think, the uni- the universal truth. Um, and we want to show up, but sometimes we just don't know how. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast 
was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. One of the things that I love about your brand and have always loved about your brand is the fact that you tell stories and that you share stories. And it's not just about your product. And I think that a lot of it's it's funny. I, I I worked with a client recently who I got into their social media and it was like literally just like their product, like all over their social media. And they were wondering why they weren't transacting. And I was right. like, because you're not connecting. You know, right. you're not connecting with the people you want to connect with. You're just talking about yourself. So I would love for you to share how that piece of storytelling, that element of storytelling has really been pivotal for your brand, because I think it has been. I mean, that's yeah. uh, you guys have been around for a long time and that's a huge piece of it. Yeah, I think it started because, I mean, when I first, and this is a story that always usually makes me lose it, but when I first started Tiny Tags and part of Tiny Tags, like our our, our mission and who we are is, is very much grounded in gratitude. Um, and a lot of that stemmed from when I first started tiny tags and I was hand stamping, I got an email to make a necklace for a friend's friend and because she had lost her son and she wound up connecting me with the mom. Her name was, um, Regina. So, or Reggie. So Reggie and I started emailing <clears throat> and I made her a necklace for her son, Aiden, who passed away from, he had leukemia, but then had, um, complications from the swine flu. And my son, Tyler was the same age as Aiden and her and I became like email buddies. And it was sort of this funny relationship. I think I was this nameless, faceless person for her to like just email in the middle of the night of how much pain she was in and talking about going in his bedroom and just sobbing and how it was affecting her marriage. And I would, it was so hard to ever let that go. And when I would tuck Tyler in at night, it was just always on my mind. Like how, how come I get to tuck my child in and she doesn't? Um, and that story and that power, and then she went on to like raise all this money for team leukemia and was just relentless in keeping his, his memory alive. Um, and I mean, like I emailed her a couple of weeks ago because Aiden should have graduated high school the way my son did. And I know she didn't get that, that moment. Um, and saying how that her love for Aiden has been such a part of tiny tags, um, you know, whenever I have felt like, oh my gosh, like giving up is remembering what it meant for her to get a name with her son Aiden's name on it, how much it meant to her that this brand was willing to donate to her fundraiser. Um, so that story to me affected me so much. Um, and 
it was also because I was hearing these stories. So like we would make a necklace for someone um, and then they would email and tell me what it meant to them. And I know how much I was moved by it. And there were so many lessons, whether it was, you know, like with Reggie, it was like gratitude and the power of a mother's love. It's like, you just want to share that. Um, so it very, from the very beginning, that storytelling was always there. So you also talked about your husband joining your team. Yeah. Taking a risk. And I think, you know, you and I both know that risks are an important part of business and we all have to take them in order to grow. And sometimes they don't always work out. And that's what a risk is, obviously. How has this risk paid off for your business? It's been huge because um, I trust Mike, obviously, more than anyone. So him being our CFO and knowing that, you know, the money is, is being managed properly. And also my husband's from upstate New York. So he is conservative by nature, not a risk taker. So we're a very good balance. I, as he will say, he's like, you throw spaghetti against the wall and, you know, out of the 10, eight will stick and he'll throw one and one will stick. So he's way more methodical, way more risk adverse. So it's a really good balance. You know, I, the enamel hearts, we overbought an inventory because I was like being aggressive and, you know, we have lockets coming up and he was like, okay, maybe we don't need to order that much inventory. Think about the cash outlay for that. And I was like, oh, I guess that's actually, we should think about that. So we're a very good yin yang. Um, I have shared, it was the biggest strain in our marriage for sure. And I'm really proud that we have worked at it. And I think we're closer now than we were before. Um, And it honestly has afforded him the time to be with our boys. You know, he didn't want to leave corporate America. And when I, part of when I talked to him about it, I said, what more do we need? Like, I would rather, because he was driving an hour and a half. He was miserable each way to Boston. And I said, I would rather sell everything and you will be living your dream of coaching the boys, starting your own lacrosse club than us. Not that we live in some McMansion or anything, but like then us living the life we have right now. Um, I said, you know, Mike's a Ford guy. He's not a Lamborghini guy, like, or a fancy car guy. So like stuff has never been an important part of our conversation, but living your dream to me was, um, so I was really proud that he took that leap of faith because he comes from families. You know, his dad did the same job for 40 years. His mom, like just very grounded. You don't leave your job, um, you know, very kind of risk adverse. So it was a huge leap of faith. And it seems to have paid off. I think so. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) And we always say, and we're always really frank, you know, there have been times where we said, is it time for you to leave? Like, is it too much on our marriage? Is it all we talk about? Um, you know, and there are, there have been times when we're like, all right, so January one, you got to go find the new job. It's too much. And then we kind of come around. So I, I want to keep it real. It is challenging. Um, and you, it has to be, uh, you have to have boundaries. I so appreciate you saying that and saying that you're keeping it real. And I also so appreciate you knowing the boundaries and, and sharing that because I, I, I do think, you know, there are so many times when you look in from the outside and you think things are a certain way and, and really they're not. And, and I think it's important to keep it real. That's why we have this podcast. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I want to ask you about is very much like me, um, you recently 
expanded your business by um, through a relationship with Target. And yep. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that and how it came to fruition and what it's doing for your brand. For sure. Um, really exciting. And I love sharing this story is that Carrie reached out to me in 2017. She followed us on Instagram. And this is when I talk about like building a brand versus just hawking a product. She saw that we stood for something. And she reached out and said, would you ever consider a target? And I said, no. I said, I can't even get my mind around what that would look like. And we said, let's just stay in touch. And then 2020, I reached out and I said, you know, I think we could think about that now. And, you know, these things take a long time. So we launched a bespoke collection last, um, this past Mother's Day. I can't keep thinking it was last year. Um, and we crushed it. It was a six week program. I think it was 200 stores. It was eight SKUs. Um, it was a 2499 product, but I really, um, I wasn't sure if it was the right move. And because our product line on our website goes from a hundred dollars to, you know, 14 karat gold can be hundreds and hundreds. Um, but then I went back to our mission and our values and the word exclusivity was never there. And I said, if we can be part of that conversation with all the moms and talk about the things that we talk about at tiny tags, about the power of a mother's love and the power of your inner strength and that joy is an inside job and all of that stuff. If we can expand that, um, then yes, I want to do that. So we did that. We crushed it the first six weeks and the storytelling that we did, I think was, um, just next to none. I mean, we featured this one mom and we're still working with her. She had adopted two children and then she got pregnant with a child with down syndrome and now she is actively and just adopted a fourth child with Down syndrome, um, who is very, very sick. He's actively in the hospital. She, he's in, I think, Ohio. She lives in Florida. And it's just like, it's just, it blows my mind, um, the power of her love for her children and what she's willing to do. Um, so anyway, so the Target launch was incredible. The product was gorgeous um, for $24.99. I get it why people <laughs> were like, oh, we'll get this. Um, so anyway, so now we're coming back for April 1st of this year um, as a we think an always-on program. So we'll always be in Target. Um, it's going to be more stores, more SKUs. So we're you know really excited to partner with them. I love how you share the story of Target <laughs> and how what it meant to your brand because and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but part of why Bump Club went into Target also was because I fully believe that every mother deserves to have the education and information and the resources and the product samples that we were giving out at our paid events. And I also believed that there was no exclusivity tied to that and everyone should be experiencing that. And Target really helped put us on the map in multiple demographics, you know, and financial, financially, as well as location-based. And they were really, really instrumental in helping to spread our mission, which was that like parents and moms should have the best information possible. And yep. so I love that that's why you guys did it. And I also love that you, that you had your own like capsule product. And I want my question for you about that is, do you think that the that the product line in Target helped to garner even more brand awareness for your other products. Do you think it benefited that way or no? For this past Mother's Day, our sales at Tiny Tags were not as strong for Mother's Day as we had hoped. Um, 
based upon like the year over year growth we were coming into. And I think it was because we talked so much about a target. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, we had people say, oh yeah, I got one for my mom, my sister for $24.99 versus um, a couple hundred dollars on your core website. So I, I get why people. So I think that's our challenge for next year is how do we, um, you know, we want to, we have to market the, tar- the target collection, but we don't want to take away from the core tiny tags. I mean, ideally for us, it would be you discover us at Target, you have your $24.99 piece, and then you decide you want to add, because they're, they match so well together from a layering standpoint, that you would want to add um, a personalized piece from our core business. Yeah. Um, I want to wrap up with you by asking you exactly what I ask everyone at the end. And what that is, what are three actionable takeaways that you would give another founder who's listening to this conversation? Talk to everyone, you know, I have to share one last quick story. Yeah, yeah. I was on, I was on a platform in San Diego going to LA for, um, I think it was mom 2.0 event. And there was a woman standing there and I knew she was going there. I could just tell. And I said, do I sit next to her when I get on the train or do I sit on my phone for two hours? And I was like, Oh, I'm going to sit next to her because that's what I'm here for. Sat next to her. Of course, she was amazing. Her name is Amanda Mushroom. And we chatted, we exchanged information. And she emailed me six months later and said, and I sent her tiny tags. And she emailed me and said, Hey, my PR firm is looking for a small business to go on Fox Small Business Saturday in New York. Are you interested? I was like, Yeah. So wind up going on Fox News in New York City. It was during the whole, um, during the election. So it was a very weird place to be at the time. But Went on Fox News Saturday morning on Saturday of Small Business Saturday and sold $65,000, the biggest day we'd ever had at the time, because I talked to somebody on a train. Um, so talk to everybody you know and follow up with them. Um, whether you're standing in line, everybody knows something you don't. Um, know your why. Another one of my favorite books is Simon Sinek. Um, it starts with why, um, making money is not a why. And I think it, again, it makes running your business so much easier, especially when things are hard, um, because you have a deep why with it. Um, and surround yourself by really smart people. Um, I am really, I mean, from like you, I think my network, um, is really great when I have a question or a problem. I feel like I have so many women that I can email and ask, uh, for advice and along the DM thing, um, I have DM'd and I have spoken onto the phone with, um, Moya Rea Jones from Aiden and A just cause I DM'd her and said, can I have 15 minutes of your time? I've talked to the CEO of Pure Vita cause he gave me 15 minutes of his time. So constantly, constantly be seeking out advice from other people. Such good advice. Melissa Clayton, founder and CEO of Tiny Tags. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your friendship and your knowledge and your wisdom and for sharing your story. I know everyone is going to love it. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I appreciate it. So we're going to try something new today. And instead of me telling you my takeaway, I want you to tell me yours. All you have to do is head on over to at Dear Found Her on Instagram and drop your number one takeaway from this conversation in the comments on the post with the tiny tags pictured. One lucky winner is going to win a $100 gift card to tiny tags to create their own customized piece of jewelry. For now, I want to say thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. 
I am so grateful for each and every one of you and for the amazing community that we are building each and every week. I want to wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday with your family and friends and to let you know that we'll be back next week. Happy holidays.